This is episode 47. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. Welcome to All Hazards. For this episode, we step out of the office and into the wild, carefully, in search of rattlesnakes. Tis the season for snake safety, so we meet up with rattlesnake wrangler Lou Frazier of Rattlesnake Removal USA in Rockland, California, and State Park Peace Officer Carrie Lawney. There are so many questions people have about rattlers, along with the myths and other misunderstandings about these highly feared reptiles. No doubt I'm one of them. We'll try to get you some answers and shed the layers of mystery surrounding these often deadly snakes right now. So Cal OES met up with Lou Frazier, professional rattlesnake wrangler this past week. I'm, a, I'm an educator at heart. Our location, Sacramento County, the fringe of where wilderness meets suburbia. Yeah, and you, and you can continue to film too because we're going to go into some tall grass, which you'll see is a primary, you know, spot for snakes. Um, and, and, you know, this baseball field also, it's got manicured grass, um, there's irrigation here, there's a watering system. The snakes are going to want to try and, you know, utilize that. There's going to be rodents. Um, and they're going to want to, you know, move in and out of the wild spot compared to, you know, the, the manicured spot. So just be about your feet over here because they are in this area. But I, I kind of swept this whole area. You may get some stickers in your feet. You can see the transition between, you know, defensible space cut grass compared to long, tall grass, especially with, you know, fennel in it or... Um, thistle. I mean, that provides a really good habitat for them to hunt. They're not going to necessarily want to live in it and stay there. They really like to be tucked underneath logs and rocks because they feel safe that way. They like to have, you know, three points of contact on their body squished into a crack because then they only have to pay attention to the opening. Um, they'll hunt in the long, tall thistle, um, but they're really susceptible to, you know, a predator coming up on them, a cat or a raccoon or um, if they're transitioning from that to another spot, they could get spotted by a hawk. Um, there are a lot of different animals that will prey on them. We're encroaching in on their land and, and you know, they make an effort to take it back. Um, not out of malicious reasoning, but just because, you know, it's suitable for them. You know, when you have a, like a baseball field like this that's not particularly in use. State Park Peace Officer Carrie Lawney here in California. If you're an outdoor enthusiast, it's probably only a matter of time before you encounter a rattlesnake. It depends on the habitat that the hiker is in and um, their surroundings, whether or not they're hiking through tall grass, um, through rocks. So they have different types of habitat that uh, they're found in. They're um, cold-blooded creatures, so they need the environment to keep them regulated. Um, they're usually out during the dawn when it's more um, neutral as far as the weather conditions. Um, and then dusk and evening. 
they're not aggressive creatures. They're not aggressive. Um, however, they will fend for themselves. Usually the bites that we get are through accidental where they step on them or um, they sit down near a rock that they haven't really checked out for, um, for snakes or other uh, wildlife that we have in, in the park. So they'll sit down and they'll place their hands on an actual snake that's camouflaged. Um, that's when they'll bite. They won't even, I mean, they'll just be out, they're out in the open. They'll be basking in the sun if they're too cold. Um, they'll be on top of the rock. And a lot of park visitors, they don't expect to see a rattlesnake just basking in the sun, um, getting the heat from the rock right there. And especially kids, they don't look for that. They're not told to look for that. So they'll go up to the rock and they'll put their hands down and the snake is just, for the most part, defending itself. They're not aggressive usually. And know that not all snakes will warn you with that chilling rattle. Losing that it could depend on where you are. If the snake's just an ornery snake, it's going to rattle a lot more. However, over the years since we've kind of moved west, what we're kind of, we don't know for sure, but we're, there's been theories developed saying that snakes that tend to light off a lot faster and rattle get killed quicker. Therefore, the genetic trait of not being so jumpy to rattle is being passed on so they're being a lot more quieter these days so snakes around this area tend to not rattle as much as snakes in the desert when I go to the desert and I catch them they rattle really fast right off the bat um, snakes towards the suburban areas I notice tend to be quieter and not rattle you know right off the bat so you'll see some of these snakes are quick to rattle other ones aren't and so it really doesn't depend on size um, it just really happens to do with, you know, it happens to be the, I guess the genetic makeup of that particular take, it's, you know, or that particular snake, it's, it's, it's attitude. So if you're making a lot of noise, um, they could find that as, uh, they might want to protect themselves, so they can find that as an aggressive manner on our part, and that might make them upset or angry and more likely to strike. They are very good swimmers, and We've had quite a few snakes in the, um, swimming in the lake last year. So they are good swimmers and it's not unlikely that you'll find a, a snake right next to you if you are in, um, near the shore swimming. If you're swimming, my recommendation is always be alert. So look at the area around you. Are you swimming near the rocky areas or are you swimming on a beach? Usually they stay away from high activity, the splashing, uh, and, and beach settings as opposed to if you go into the water where there are boulders or the wood piles. So they tend to, to be in those areas. As for us, we've gone out looking for rattlers. Lou knows where to go. He's been here at this very location before. A lot of cement tailings, stuff like this on the ground. There could be a snake underneath any one of these, any one. Uh, and particularly if there's a cavern underneath, uh, that can be the entrance to a den. He literally goes poking around the concrete debris, lifting rocks and rolling boulders. You know, a common way to bump into snakes is rolling rocks. A lot of kids like to do that. Treasure hunters like to do that. Landscapers, you know, they're, they're rolling rocks and making sure that, you know, they have stuff. And then there you go. 
You got snakes right there. And so you wouldn't be able to tell, but there's four snakes right there, you know? It looks like just one, but you got a whole nest of them right there. And so this is what the entrance of a den looks like. It'll be a cavern that goes back, probably a big dugout inside of there. It's protected from the rain. So the rainy season, it's got, you know, some sort of um, an S pipe in there to where the rain's not gonna flow in there. Um, and they're protected for the season. And so that's exactly what a den entrance will look like. And, you know, during different times of the year, especially when they first emerge, you'll have multiple snakes piled up all around here, depending on how big the den is. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's later on in the season, so we got less snakes in the den. Kerry has some tips to help you avoid an unwanted encounter with these large fanged venomous reptiles. The first tip is when you do go walking on a trail, please bring a friend or a buddy. Um, if you remember to have a buddy system when you go hiking or jogging, that's the best thing. That's the first and foremost. Um, stay on the trail. Try not to divert from the trail if you can. It's, you're walking in their habitat. Uh, when you are walking along the trail, be alert of anything that is around. And when you come upon a snake, stay back. Keep your distance at least six, at least six feet, and walk backwards. It, they're, it, they're more beautiful from afar than they are up close, so yeah, to be safe, stay back at least minimum of six feet. If there's enough room to go around it, keeping that distance, you may do so to continue on to your path, um, but it's recommended just to walk back. Most likely, it's just trying to get to another location. So you'll find if you wait for a little bit, it'll just go ahead and slither off on its way. If we're in a state park, I do not recommend that you try and capture a snake or try and kill it and take things into your own, um, your own hands. The reason being is because the head of the rattlesnake holds the, the venom. Um, so if you do do that, there's a good chance that I mean, it could still give it could still give the bite and release that venom into your system. Another reason why you should not do that in a state park is we have a California Code of Regulations prohibits um, the destruction of animals and our resources. If you're bringing your animals or your dog to um, one of our park units, we do ha have some requirements that they be on a leash at all times in your control, at least six feet or less. And it's not just for us and our regular park users uh, for safety precautions, but it's also for your, your pets. When you walk the trails and um, you come across, let's say, a rattlesnake, you're able to control them and move them away as opposed to if they were not on leash, they would try and investigate like any natural um, animal would. But what if your luck has run out and you are in fact bitten by a rattlesnake? What do you do? Well, the first thing you should do is stay calm. Uh, after you compose yourself, then call 911. It's important that we get someone to your location. Um, and the reason being is you need to have medical care at a hospital for the antivenom.
definitely not do a, a tourniquet. Um, do not suck out the, try and suck out the venom. You'll just misplace the venom. You'll have some venom in your, your, your mouth. Uh, and then try not to pour water over it. The best thing is just if you have a sterile gauze, just place a sterile gauze over the bite, the wound mark, and then wait for medical attention. So now you'll see me get to work. As you can see, you really, you really want to handle this situation with care, and you, you really want to get an actual snake professional in here to do this because the old run-of-the-mill pest control company or animal removal or animal control can't won't do this. They're just not specialized with this task. The fear factor is so high when you're doing something like this that unless you have practice doing it, um, it just looks like a, just a god-awful job. Excellent advice. You're not going to find me poking around looking for rattlesnakes. Yeah, in fact, uh, I have to admit, I do take a shotgun with me when I trim weeds and clean up my rural property. But I have yet to see one in the four years I've lived there, but I think I know my luck is about to run out anytime soon. So you'll see me continuing to carry my shotgun with me along with my weed eater. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, if you uh, want to know more about rattlesnakes and even see the video from this podcast, go to oesnews.com and search rattlesnakes. We also have some helpful info, some links, and even a few photos taken when we were out there with Lou and Carrie, taken on that very day. Yeah, fascinating photos and uh, a little creepy at the same time. Well, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the All Hazards Podcast. Please be sure to tell your friends and share and let everybody know where they can find this podcast and tell them they should take the time to listen to it. We'd appreciate it as well as subscribing to it. You can do that and it'll download right to your device automatically if you choose to do so. We would appreciate that as well. All right. Well, if you have any thoughts or concerns or even some ideas about what we should cover here on All Hazards, shoot us an email at questions at caloes.ca.gov. That is questions at caloes.ca.gov. We look forward to hearing from you. For all of us here at Cal OES, outside of Sacramento, California, I'm Sean Boyd. Thanks for listening. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.